Welcome to Blackcast 18. 18, and I like it. Could have also gone with 18 in Life by Skid Row, but that was a conscious choice not to. I'm joined, as always, by Agent Starling. What's Will up, Sterling, y'all? At Will Sterling underscore on Twitter. Coltrane, and of course, Liev, who's on Twitter. David underscore Bujenski. How many followers does he have? That's a great question. Do you know how many followers you have? 572,381. Okay, wow. how many do you really have? Yeah. Maybe one or two less than that. Is Justin Bieber <laughs> following you? Shut yeah, up. Does the Biebs follow you? If and the Biebs follows what, you, then, you're, then you win. What if Tebow followed you? Oh, man. A dream of the day. You know what? I'll start tweeting at him that you do a segment called Tebow Time. It won't help, but, you know, we'll try. Uh, all right. Well, you'll be excluded from this part of the conversation, Liev, because... Damn it! The men here have all seen Star Trek, and there'll be a very nerdy segment much later with some of the DMZ royalty, Rob Lorich and Mark, who is known as Rafe Gutman on the message board. That's going to be more really uber nerdy minutia discussion. But you guys went on a very hetero mandate yep. to see Star Trek Into Darkness last yeah. week. True. And I want to know what you guys thought of the movie. And neither one of you has a very strong background as a as a Trekkie, but uh, you've seen some in the past, but it, you weren't really looking for... I consider myself more of a Trekker oh, than a Trekkie. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Trekker. Yeah. Trekkies 1 and 2, awesome movies. <laughs> awesome, awesome movies. Those are some people we need to get on here. Now some you're talking. Some of the talking. people from Trekkies, Trekkers, <laughs> Trekker, Trekkie. You know what? I bet we could get Shatner on here the next time his horse show comes oh, around. It just dawned on me. That would be so brilliant. Uh, I'd cry if I did that. Anyway, let's. Uh, I'll start with Will. Will, what did you think of the of Star Trek Into um, Darkness? I really liked it, and I actually had a conversation with a friend about it last night on top of that. And in interviews, he had said, J.J. Abrams was saying, like, I... He basically wants to make Star Trek movies for people who aren't Star Trek fans, which at the same time sounds terrible because it sounds disrespectful to Star Trek fans. But it's great for people like me yeah. who don't know anything about Star Trek. Sure. And I didn't even really like the first J.J. Abrams movie. I was just like, eh. It's right. still just what I liked it at the end because then they became a team and they, they worked together and it was like a buddy cop movie. You know, so then it turned. It's Spock and Kirk working together. Love it. Love teamwork. I like people working together. Teamwork. That's why you like the Avengers. Makes me excited. But you don't like the individual movies. Well, I like the individual. Will your head explode when the Justice I like League the movie comes movies, out? Individual movies, just not necessarily Iron Man. The Justice League movie, it'll be too much for you to handle, won't it? If it's good, well, let's work under the assumption that it's good. It's yeah. got your boys, then Superman and Batman die. in it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you might not even make it. You might just I probably be able, won't. You'll buy the ticket and then your head will like, explode. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, so, Ken, what did you think of? Uh, sorry, Coltrane. What did you think good. of uh, of Star Trek Into Darkness? I thought it was great. I did like the first J.J. Abrams one, and I actually do have more of a Star Trek uh, background than uh, than you let on. But um, well, I wasn't. Try- I was trying to not out you. I was no, going to let our- you volunteer that. Listen, I have one thing to say about Voyager: seven of nine. That's yeah. all. Oh no, I agree. Yeah. And- so everyone, I because I know that that as far as the Star Trek universe goes, everyone seems to hate that one. Yeah. But, oh um, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be talking about that with the guys a little later. I I bet they agree <laughs> with me. But no one else in the Star Trek universe had Jerry Ryan, so therefore Voyager was well, actually pretty solid. My my joke when that show was on was, well, they took out almost all of her Borg implants. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, 
No, my problem was really like most it. of the characters on on that show. You know, pretty no, much I'll... all, pretty much all of them. And then they introduced her, and I'm like, oh, all right, now I get it. A yeah, little exactly. Bit. Now, now it's fine. Yeah. Okay, going back to this one. Back to I, this movie, though. Yes, I thought this one was great. I I like the fact that they tried to bring it that that Abrams tried to bring in an audience that isn't necessarily familiar with Star Trek, and that would that's... include my wife, by the way, who really yeah. enjoyed it. See? She's ha- she'd seen the first J.J. Abrams one. She went with me, and she's like, I think I saw one with some whales in it. I'm like, yes, yes that's <laughs> exactly what I yeah, saw. Yeah, it was I kind saw of the one with some whales. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's true, but I don't know. I thought so. I thought it was good. I thought there was a lot of references that Star Trek fans will actually yes. you know, appreciate. So that was all good as well. I just thought overall it was it was really well done, and I was I was very happy with it because it's you know it could have gone could have gone south really quick, but I right. think they did and, a good and job. we'll talk about this with the guys in a little bit, and I and uh, I might need to bring Coltrane in to talk about one of the most important inclusions in the film, and that is uh, the character of Carol Marcus. I should probably have said spoiler alert before that, but most people aren't going to be that spoiled by that. Uh, played by Alice Eve. And uh, what do you think about her inclusion in there? I'll, I'll start with Coltrane, but I also want to know what Will thinks. I think it was brilliant. I thought it was a, it was a nice addition. It, I mean, like you have to have more than one hot chick in, yeah. in any kind of movie. I agree. It makes it better. And I felt like they did enough of a tease. Like she looked hot in the in her uh, in her underwear, but it wasn't too much. It wasn't over the top. Like the underwear wasn't too skimpy. So it was, you know, still PG thirteen. It was still certainly good. not something that David Damon Lindelof needs to apologize for. That's no, for sure. No, that, but, that's ridiculous. I mean, I'm sure that there was some backlash on the internet, and he's like, "All right, I got to come out and say yeah. what I got to say." But well, whatever. That's we'll, ridiculous. we'll get to that later. But what did you think of uh, of Ms. Eve I deciding to change in front of uh, young Jim? Kirk. Well, that's the biggest horn dog in the galaxy. It's a by great. The way. That was a great if, scene. If you don't want Jim Kirk to see you in your underwear, yeah. you don't need to be th- thousands of miles away from don't him. Don't say turn around. Yeah. I need to change. Yeah, exactly. What was your question? Him. My question is the Carol Marcus. That's a character from something. Yes, she is in Star Trek Two, the real Star Trek Two, oh, not this one. Okay. So uh, you meet her for the first time in there, but uh, Kirk knew her back when. I got you. So she's okay. a, she's an interesting character, and I still feel very strongly that you should see Star Trek 2. I want to. I want to. I don't know what's what's holding you up. I told you that whatever friend of yours told you to watch Star Trek the motion picture first. They can go to is, hell. I didn't say that. <laughs> but if it would keep you from watching it then yes, they could go to hell. I, but no, I, no, it's not good. I was no. trying for the sake sake of the same friend to to do more Battlestar Galactica. Oh, okay. And I quit again. You've quit again. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Which goes to prove that a show you're talking about Voyager because Jerry Ryan was hot enough to keep you watching. Uh, what's her name from Battlestar? Not hot enough to keep me watching the show. Not, In fact, I'm getting burned out. On not the chick like, who looks like Macaulay Culkin oh, who played hey. Starbuck. No, 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 <laughs> not, not, uh, yeah, not Katie Sackhoff. The yeah, other one, you, are, the, the <laughs> Asian? Cylon. No, the blonde Cylon girl. Although, oh, yeah, who's always yeah, like, yeah, yeah. hey, uh, Trisha against yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. oh, let's be sexy. All and I send him a text. I was like, how long does this like whole sexy, sexy thing go on? And he's like, the whole oh, show. The and whole I was like, stupid. I can't. Well. You so know, my, this, I don't, my, like, by the way, just as an aside, my sister-in-law, who's about your age, she's just started watching Battlestar Galactica and thinks it's awesome. So it's just not for everybody. It's not. It's clearly not, not a bad for you. show. It's just not for me. Yeah. But the sexy thing of women in sci-fi, so like this Alice Eve, which sounds like a stripper name, P.S. Um, not really. It's all right. I really, Alice Eve. Eve, yeah. Eve Alice? Maybe. Now you're talking. Maybe Eve Alice. I think Alice Eve sounds more like a porn star name. 
Oh, I see. You said you said stripper. It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. That's no, not. No, no, different. no, no. Entirely no. different. Well, when you're from my perspective and you don't really generally associate with either of those things, and you're offered really? it out by people in William, those locations, you, you made a connection with a Doctor Who stripper. I did. Yes, you, JJ. So, so let's not JJ. Like, let's, JJ the Doctor Who. Let's stripper. not pretend that you have no right, background. Right now she's on stage. Right now she's on stage just wearing Tom Baker's scarf. Ooh, that's all she has. I on. just feel bad for both of them. I'll say that. Do you feel bad for the scarf? No, I'm just saying. No. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember what she looked like. I, I actually you know don't. What? I actually don't either. <laughs> you know what? I believe that's a nice cover, young William, because I believe, in fact, you do know what she looks like. I think she had dark hair. Well, I don't oh, know. Look at that. Right there. If she gave you a dance, had, I would expect I you had. to remember what she looked like. Why would I be looking at her? <laughs> because she was, you, you're gonna get a dance See? from someone right and close there. your eyes. Yeah, Look, except, except it's just a, it's just a perspective. Part? You Will, have no idea what I meant. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna, exactly I'm gonna what you mean. No, you I'm just trying to have another joke. No, yeah. no, well, no, no, it's all right. Look, you know, some people are strip club people <laughs> and some aren't. And uh, speaking of trip club, strip club people, how are you doing over there, Leah? Everything good? Fuck strip clubs. Really? Now you Whoa. were a DJ at a strip club at one point, weren't you? Yeah, it was. And you liked it for how long? One week. Yeah, that first week, it was awesome, right? Do you want me to get graphic with the details? Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. Because so... I've heard you talk about this before, and I think we should share it with the listeners. <laughs> when I moved to California, I moved out here for a job in San Diego, and they had a hiring freeze. So long story short, I'm desperate for work. So the strip club's hiring DJs, and I become a DJ at the strip club. And for the first week, I'm like, oh, my God, this is awesome. There's these hot girls that are on stage. And they kept bending over in my direction. It was full nude. After one week at, look, at looking at the same buttholes every single day of your life, you're like, oh, my. It's just disgusting. I'm like, oh, I've yeah. seen your butthole. I'm sick of it. Imagine how I feel looking at you buttholes here every week. Hey, yeah. Yeah, see? So, anyway, so it wasn't uh, – it wasn't – it wasn't the dream job you you hoped it would be. I do couldn't you, do doggy style for like months. But you're back now. I hope. Oh yeah. Full yeah course. Okay. Good. Now, do you remember? Did you have a good uh, strip club DJ voice? You know, like all right, yeah. coming up now, Alice Eve. After you know that, what? JJ. You just said Alice Eve is a stripper name. I did it for you. You said it. I did it for you. I actually because can tell you, you a couple of stripper names. Barbie was one of them. All right, that's, that's good. classic. Um, was there a karma? Anyways, no, it was it was like a couple Arabs that owned it, and this is nothing against Arabs, but it is. They're Racist. dirty. So the, these Arab <laughs> owners, they that actually- That was uh, David they, underscore Bujenski on Twitter. They did <laughs> no not, one else said that. Anyway, these, go ahead. These terrorists, they did not like how I introduced the girls. They kept coming up to me, and they're like, you must talk dirty about them. Call them whores. And I couldn't do it. And they're like, you're too funny on the mic. And then they also made a point to me. They were like, do not sleep with the girls. Do not talk to the girls. Do not flirt with the girls. And I never did. Turns out they're like sleeping with all of them while they're giving them drugs. Strip clubs are disgusting. I hate strip clubs. They're so gross. And every time I go, I always lose like $300 in 15 minutes. I hate Just because you hate them that much. I hate strip clubs. I I feel like I need to go back to a strip club just so I can do a little research on why he hates them so much. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to do it for the show. Just Just for the show. And make sure to turn in your expenses. Absolutely. But. Leah, you didn't actually give me your strip club voice. Did you have one that you used? Like you, you had an on-air voice, like a strip club voice. And let's welcome Barbie to the stage. That uh, was it. Barbie to. No, I was. Hey, let's welcome Barbie to the stage. Get your dollars out, gentlemen. Oh, look, there's her butthole, the same one we see every fucking day. Now, see, that's what I wanted. Thank you. Oh man, that's Excellent. brilliant. Let's go wow. to the other end of the spectrum. Uh, last night on Facebook, I noticed uh, Bujenski, a.k.a. Liev. 
You're dressed really fancy. Where'd you get a tuxedo? God, I look good. When I go to fancy events, I rent from Men's Warehouse. So, so I, everything I rent, doesn't I, fit and it's three sizes too big? Uh, I rented like from Men's Warehouse not only to go to the Emmys with my wife last year, but also for my wedding. All my groomsmen, we all did Men's Warehouse. And now I've needed a tux twice in my life. If I need it one more time, then it'll be, well, you should have bought one. Never go to Fryer Tux. I wouldn't go I to Fryer I just confused them. That was my fault. Not Men's Warehouse. Yeah, Men's Warehouse. Men's Warehouse is a proud sponsor of the Blackcast. You'll like the way they you look. Really? Okay, no, good. It's, it's, I'll be honest. It did be. actually fit very well. Yeah, mine, mine fit well. No, yeah. the, all the Fryer Tuck stuff never fits. Not so good. Nope. All right. Uh, anyway, so what was this event you were at? It was somewhere that an award was presented, and, and you were there, and it was all fun for you, right? So even though I bank a quarter mil working for Dennis sure, Miller sure, uh, yeah. a year, I, I do do side production work for other shows, and this one show that I produce actually won a Gracie Award. It's a, an award show that that uh, applauds women in media and entertainment, and so the show won an award, and it was actually kind of cool. Rita Wilson was there, Amy Poehler was there, uh, Elliot from Scrubs, I don't know her real name. Sarah she was Chalk. There. Yeah, yes. I had an awkward moment with her because I actually met an entertainment repo- correspondent reporter um, earlier in the night. And, you know, I drink a little bit. So I had like 10 Jack and Cokes in. And Elliot comes walking by and I'm like, oh, she looks familiar. That must have been the girl I was talking to. So I start walking up to her and I kind of put my hand up, wave, and have like that goofy douchebag smile that I always do. (laughs) Oh, hey. And she's clearly walking in late and she kind of just looks at me with eyes wide open. I'm like, oh. And I'm like, oh, that's not her. In fact, you're somebody else and you're Elliot from the Scrubs. That's amazing. I'm so, you know, I didn't know that story when I asked you, but yeah. now I'm so glad I asked you about so it. So Ellie and I did not hook up later in the night. Oh, that's okay. all right. She she's is, married, she's, nice. yeah, she's not only that, but she's, I think she's around my age, so she's way too she's old. She's 36. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe 15 years younger. Maybe, though. Yeah. Even then, I don't think that's, that's Talk right Talk to me pre-scrubs, <laughs> Elliot, you're an old hag. You want her back when she was Roseanne's daughter. That's yes. How back? That's her, right. Her yeah. fill-in daughter, though. The, yeah. the replacement right. The daughter. second one. Yeah. I would introduce her onto the stage at a strip club when she was on Roseanne, but not not today. Give it up for Roseanne's daughter. This the is Becky, one. number two. Here yeah. comes Elliot. You can scrub her butthole. <laughs> you know, scrubs. For, yeah, yeah, I do get that. You know, for everybody who says, like, oh, why don't you let Leah talk more often? Well, there's this your answer. I hate strip clubs. Scrubbing I know you, we know you do. Uh, well, because this is a... That could a, be a new sponsor. Scru- the Brought scrub- to you by Scrubbing Buttholes. <laughs> <laughs> Just put exactly. them on your shower. Rub them against your shower. Clean up your shower. Where do you scrubbing go from bubbles. that? Where scrubbing do you go you from don't. that? You is, really uh, don't. Scrubbing bubbles. I also saw on Facebook that young William attended yeah. an event. You what were dressed all fancy I over dressed, the weekend. Uh, you yeah. looked like the Man of Steel. That's right. And where were you? And what it's was a this Big all Wow about? Comic Fest in San Jose, California? And you went up to now. What is this one? Because this is not the Comic Con, which is no. in San Diego. Oh. oh, wow! I didn't even know we had this. Oh. No, please talk about it. This uh, is good. Leave it on. was awesome. I went up with a group of friends to do what is called cosplay. So which, if anybody which, didn't which believe I was call, a nerd, now they should. Yeah, know which for we sure. used to just call dressing up. That's what we used <laughs> to call exactly. It. But it works well because uh, if people want to make fun of me, I'm like, except for the fact that I look fucking awesome in the Superman costume because <laughs> I work out all the time. I mean yeah. that sounds egotistical, no, no. but I'm not gonna lie. Don't make, don't tease me. All right. No, I I'm mean you don't dude. have to. You don't have to suck in your gut like George Reed, <laughs> the original <laughs> Superman in the series. No, it's a lot of fun, and it's a fun community too because like everybody like loves comics and it's all nerd core stuff. Sure. So um, a lot of photos. You feel like a celebrity. 
That's yeah. fun. People I, want to I take went a picture to, with you. I went to Comic-Con, and my sister-in-law was dressed like Sailor Moon. That's awesome. And there were a lot of people who wanted pictures, and a few of them, I was like, mm, no, no, keep walking. <laughs> keep walking, buddy. That's that's uh that's not for that's not for here you know you, right you take that somewhere else but anyway so yeah so people do want to get your picture yeah. and, and it's great for like little kids too because they're like oh my so god it's like, superman they believe yeah like a couple right. years ago i my buddy has a batman suit so i use that does he do the voice v- my friend or yeah me? Did well I? either one of well you. i dressed up in the costume the christian bale voice to visit no it would have scared them you would have visited what my would you have said to, first you, grade class okay what would you have said in the scary batman voice to a, a class full of first graders what would I say to them? Yeah, yeah, in a scary voice. <laughs> I, I, what do you say to kids that and try to be nice? You mean like no. how do you try to seem no, sweet? No, scare them, yeah. Oh, to scare them, yeah. 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 You want me to read a book to you? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of story? <laughs> do good things to your parents. I swear. Swear to me. <laughs> I, I do not like green eggs and ham. Yeah, no, I, I do not like them, Sam. I am. I, like, I killed, somebody killed my parents. I'm going to beat the shit out of your parents. So you didn't do the voice when you talked to the kids. That's probably for the best, right? Well, in a Superman, you just get to Superman. You don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's so. uh, What did you talk to the the Adam West Batman as class? I was like, hey, kids. Hello. (laughs) Hello, (laughs) Hello, old chum. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. We're going to read a book. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Holy shark repellents, Batman. What's this? Manta ray repellent. (laughs) Um, so yes, Big Wow was good. Reading a storybook to children a few years ago dressed as Batman, that was good. Did you drive dressed like Superman? Did you go anywhere other than the convention dressed like Superman? Did you stop off at 7-Eleven? No, but I should have. Definitely should have. Should have. All right. I listened to, I listened, I had, it was a long journey, so Uh I had Doctor Who audiobooks to listen to. And you've gone, you've gone full bore. Well, what else this. am I going to do? Listen to the same CDs I listen to all maybe, the time. Maybe that's you boring. Know? I want to hear people's voices talk. So to me you, and it's so not you, talk you radio. want story? Yeah. Well, you know what you should have been doing is listening to all, all seventeen hours of our show of, of the, the podcast. Thank you. I've already heard them. No, you haven't. You yeah. just spoke during them. You didn't listen to them. When afterwards. you post them online, I click play. But you I may or may not only <laughs> listen to myself. Right. He, sk- oh, he skips Coltrane's you? corner. Because it's quote-unquote guy talk where you're That's like, true. we talk about boobs because apparently nerds don't like boobs. It's you true, talk though. About, well, you just talk Wait, about well, Alice even a Star Trek Yeah, movie, how exactly. However, he got criticized for putting that scene in the movie, which proves that nerds don't like boobs. Untrue. Done. <laughs> Done. That was not even remotely true. No, I just, well, I wanna, just did right there. I want to know what Bum. all of you think. Do nerds like boobs? Tweet yes. us at Blatcast or send an email to Blatcast at gmail.com. Let us know. But Hermione Granger boobs. <laughs> I don't know how don't, big they are, I but I don't think, don't, I think, actually I think you've them. just missed your point right there. Yeah, I think, might, I think you might have. Again, if you go to Lindsay Lohan playing Hermione on SNL, we're all on ridiculous. Everyone's on board. Yes. Lindsay Lohan is a piece of trash, but she looks. But now great I know why you scene. like her. What? Why? Why? No, I go, was gonna. Go ahead and I was gonna step Arias. aside, but oh, well, <laughs> yeah. oh, really? Arias, take her out really? on a date. He does. He does like troubled women. I do like crazy. I do have a fascination. Uh, okay, I would love to because mm-hmm. she is amazing in how crazy she is. Yeah. Listen, but I bet you she'd dress up if I wanted her to. And that's the important part. 
you can actually have a girl who's not a nerd who will dress up and look hot in the outfit. And be a so dumb, you sort of get the whole dumb thing. dodo about it. You want the girl who mm. doesn't already have the slave Leia costume yeah. from Return of the Jedi. You want to be the Wonder Woman you have from to buy Krypton. For. Isn't that where Wonder Woman's from? Unless it's Adrian Curry because she has made like the rest of her career into um, just dressing up in those costumes for like Comic Con and stuff. That's she smart. posts them on Twitter. I'm brilliant. Right. That's See that's cosplay. That's brilliant. Right. All right. Put well. We'll have uh, some more guy talk after we step Boobs. aside. There'll be more boob talk <laughs> with Coltrane and I right after this. Well, now it's time for guy talk, a.k.a. Coltrane's Corner. Joining me, of course, for Coltrane's Corner would be Coltrane. Yo. Welcome back, everyone. I'm sure you had plenty of time to go get a sandwich, maybe a soda, maybe a frosty beverage. Let's uh, start off with something we had uh, talked last week about how great playoff hockey is. Well, with the Bruins up 3 nothing on the Rangers, you know, <laughs> playoff hockey is not so great, but it is still, it is, I'm kidding mostly. It's still very exciting, although it does look like we had sort of a half a wager. Looks like I'm going to owe you a very salty hamburger very soon. By the way, I don't mean a food item. The salty hamburger is something that one of the girls will do for you at games and games. <laughs> You'll have I'm to sure ask. I'm sure she will. You'll have to ask. I can't tell you what it is. But anyway, so talk about uh, what, what do you think the key has been for the Bruins has it been just Rangers not getting it together, or are they just that good? Which is it, which I, is it more of Rangers bad, Bruins good? I think Bruins good. Yeah, I, I actually think the Rangers, even though they haven't they haven't played as well as I think that they can, I think it's still pretty much been a solid series. I think the Bruins are have just it was game seven for them against Toronto just sort of woke them up, and so I feel like they're awake now. I feel like they're playing the, the type of hockey they usually play. They're, it's more physical. They they go in, fight for the puck, and everything. It's it's better. So I think it's more the Bruins are are doing better than it is like the Rangers are falling apart. I I think the Rangers are still good. I think it's still it's a three zero series, but I think it's a lot closer than that. So I uh, I think it's I think it's still going to be a good rest of the way through. I I do not see a sweep happening. And what's going on here locally with the the Kings in San Jose? That, Kings just that, uh, that series looks like it's gotten out of hand. I mean, from the Kings' standpoint. Well, I mean, they started off to you know up two zero, but yeah. the, those two games were, were in Los Angeles, and they go up to San Jose, play two there, they lose two there. So it's it's what the series is. I mean, it, they always say best of seven series don't start until the home team loses. It's kind of what was expected. The Kings are a good team, but they're not a high scoring team. So right. I. I fully expect this. I, I can see this one going seven. And I was just going to say, I feel like there's a game seven here. And if I, that if I, that would be here, that would be great. But uh, I wouldn't actually pay for the tickets. I, they need to fall in my lap. I would uh, I would hope we could uh, call someone and see if we could get them. We could call Luke Robitaille. There you go. He's been on the show. He has been. Look, yeah. I can call him. I just don't think he would give us anything. I can certainly <laughs> call him. I just don't think we'd get anything for it. Yeah. No, but I, I actually do think the Kings will win in seven in that series that – I just think that they're a little better. There's something about San Jose I don't like. I don't know what it is, but I just don't see them winning this series. So Right. Well, we'll follow the uh, NHL playoffs closely in the weeks ahead. But let's talk about a story you sent me. I believe you sent this to me yesterday. Talk about this father who set up the video. He wanted to capture paranormal activity. <laughs> what did he film by mistake? So guy apparently he, he thought that there was paranormal activity happening in his house. So he decided to set up a camera and discovered that his girlfriend of 11 years was having sex with his son. 
So it's not it wasn't her son. It's it's she would be right. essentially the stepmother in this case. But apparently, but he caught on video the uh, his girlfriend having sex with the son, and apparently it's been going on for a while. It started off like she was you know talking to the kid about learning to drive or something, and it turned into cuddling and sex. I don't know exactly how that transition happens, but that is apparently how it happened. And uh, so yeah, the father found that out, and uh, way to go, way to so, go. So it's the stepmother. So for anyone listening who's wondering, you're allowed to think this is hot because sure. it's the stepmother. Oh sure. I haven't seen the parties involved, but uh, just conceptually, it's hot. And you sent me a link to read more about the story. Quick question: Is there video attached to that link? Uh, unfortunately, there is not. All right, I will not be clicking on that link. That's then. okay. I mean, the, the the important part of the story was. This guy was nuts and thought someone thought there was paranormal activity going on. And literally what he should have been thinking is, I ain't afraid of no ghost. Yes, Coltrane just went there. I'm so glad you went there. Mm. I'm also not afraid of any ghost. Uh, talk about uh, Sergio Garcia. This one, you, you talk about you. Yeah, you say one, you say what he had to say. Yeah. So this just bugs me. This is one of those things. It's it's a long long story, long uh, rivalry in golf between Tiger Woods and Sergio Garcia. However, Sergio never actually wins, so it's kind of tough to call it a, a rivalry. But last week, the Players Championship, there was a little you know back and forth between Sergio and Tiger, and you know whatever. It is what it is. They don't like each other, which by the way is funny because it's golf. Yeah, but these two guys, they just don't like each other. Period. I don't know much about Sergio Garcia, but I'm predisposed to probably side with him because I can see how anyone wouldn't like Tiger Woods. It's really easy for me to grasp. And then you add on top of his personality, oh, by the way, he's also you know probably a lot better than you. So you're going to have that level added on to him kind of being a D-bag. Except that, Sir, see, here's the thing. I can understand that a lot of people don't like Tiger Woods. I, I actually am a fan, but that's that's not the point. Sergio has always been a whiny baby. I would like to say something else, but I'm gonna. I'm not going to right just now. He's just stop it right there. He's yeah. always just been. He always whines, and he he takes forever when he golfs. It's it's annoying watching him. He doesn't move things along. He cries about everything. Oh, there's too many people clapping, and oh, too many people like Tiger. And all. shut up. Just win something. And he always chokes. There is he is a legendary loser when it comes to majors. He always chokes. He can be in the lead on the 18th hole by three strokes. He's going to lose that that major championship. So apparently there was like in Europe. I I don't even know what the event was, but there was there was some event, and someone jokingly asked Sergio if he would invite Tiger to dinner, and he of course goes to the sure I'll have him for dinner. We can have fried chicken. Which of course is just him throwing in the stereotype, and it it comes across horribly because he him and Tiger don't get along anyways. Right. So it's like if it's one thing, I suppose, if like they were friends, it could be a little more lighthearted. It could come across a little more lighthearted. Everyone knows they don't like each other. Everyone knows it was it was a ridiculous shot. So he's he comes out and he says it, and then you know Tiger has to come back and say, "Listen, that wasn't funny," and. You know, I, I'm sure that by now Sergio has apologized, but it's like, really, you're going to apologize? Everyone knows you meant it. It's not. It's not just that you said it. It's that you meant yeah. it, and everyone knows it. Right. So it's so get over yourself. You are a legendary loser. Win something. Stop crying about Tiger. He's better than you. Period. He's going to always be better than you. Period. Deal with it. Just move on. Don't talk about him. And if someone asks you about him, just say, hey, he's another golfer out there. I just need to focus on myself and move forward. Yes, is that a sports cliche? Absolutely. But you're a loser. Move on. 
I uh, don't disagree with uh, any of that, and there's not really much more I can add, so I'm going to move on to the next item on the Coltrane Corner agenda. I don't even know who Madeline of Sweden is. So is that a princess? Is that I a believe, queen? yeah, it's, it's... It's Princess Madeline. I believe so. That That's the way the story reads. Okay, and she's so, got a fiancé. She is engaged to a guy who's just a regular guy. You know, most of the royal families in different countries, like, try to marry into other, you know, royals that have titles and stuff. She's apparently, she's marrying just a regular guy, and he was offered a title. I don't know exactly what it is, because when it comes to royal titles, I really don't care. But he was offered a title, and he said no. And I actually think, I, I don't know what I think about it. Because on one hand, I think having a title would be amazing. On the other hand, it's it's almost like taking your wife's last name if you get married. Why would you do that? That's ridiculous. It doesn't make any right. sense to me. I think that there's some titles that are worth taking. Like this idea that if Hillary Clinton had become president, then Bill Clinton would have been the first husband. That's kind of an awesome title. Because not only were you already president, you're the first, and let's be honest, Probably the only first husband ever. Now, I just said that because I want to make people mad. Obviously, <laughs> we're going to have hundreds of women presidents. So, yes, but go many, ahead and, many of them. Go ahead and write blackcast at gmail.com. I'll point out <laughs> that this segment is actually called Guy Talk. But anyway, so there's some titles that are kind of cool, but, you know, the. There's something weird to me about. Just like being something because your wife is something. So your wife is a princess, so you become a prince or something. Like, that's weird sure. to me. But that only extends to titles because Correct. let me ask you this way. Sure. If your wife is a trillionaire, you're okay with sharing in on that trillionaire action. You I'll no ha- Listen, I'll be a house husband. Absolutely. You know, they, they can call it the real house husbands of like Beverly Hills. I'm Col- all for it. Coltrane is looking to be a kept man. Damn right I so am. So please uh, contact us, blackcast at gmail.com. Um, I don't know about sending photos, though. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Just accept the fact that you need to keep them PG for now, and we can discuss later. Yeah, okay. That's that's perfectly Very fair. simple. So you ha- you get all these great studies from the Daily Mail in the UK. Because it's really, it it's, really this is, is what like I did. We talked about this last source. week. This is really what they do. It, it, it really is a great news It's source, just a so lot like of things it. like this. So, so talk about how pretty women tend to be less stressed and more fertile. Says uh, says a scientist. Yeah, and so there's like there was this this study done that says that attractive women have less stress and they tend to be more fertile. So there so looks are actually more than just skin deep. And it's like really no kidding. You really needed a study to to discover that attractive women are less stressed. Obviously, attractive women are less stressed because they because everyone wants to do things for them because everybody likes attractive women. Period. Women like attractive women. They want to talk about them behind their backs, but that's irrelevant. Oh, yeah, of course. Because yeah. women hate other women in that regard. But overall, of course, pretty women are going to have a, ha- less stress in their life. That just makes sense. And like the, they're more fertile. That's an evolutionary thing. Listen, it's not me sitting here like being mean. This is science. So obviously, they're going to be less stressed and more fertile because the hotter woman you can get, the the better the the better society will move forward with procreation, et cetera. So this is all science. It's not just me like picking out the fact that I like pretty women. This is fact, scientific fact. But for the record, you do like pretty women and you're looking to be a kept man. Damn That's, right. So you sent me another thing, which was uh, this Reddit user who asked the best way to please her boyfriend has been stressed at work. This goes back to you know being stressed, so that's going to tell me the boyfriend probably 
probably not that good looking if he's all stressed at work. Because handsome men, I feel like it's the reverse of that is true. I don't know about the fertile aspect, but I feel like handsome <laughs> men have an, have an easier road in life. But uh, what was uh, what were some of the suggestions about? So, so apparently, this this woman wanted like suggestions on like ways to please her boyfriend because, like you said, he's been stressed at work, so she's trying to do nice things for him. So a bunch of people like chimed in and they were like, all right, it's food, like make, make something that he likes or, you know, watch, watch his favorite movie with him and compliment him. Tell him how you really feel. Give him massages. Okay, massages I'll give you. That one's a good one. Yeah, that's Hug, legit. Like hugs, embrace them. Really? Well, and then, and then I mean, if the hug, you know, gradually turns into something, we can start with the hug. That's fine. It, true, but- Again, like the way this the way that this story came across is that wasn't that it was a hug that's going to lead to something. It was just hug them, embrace them, and and hug him like from behind, which is kind of a weird way that they put it, but that's how they put it. And then the yeah, the weird. last one was make the decisions and be the boss. So here's the thing: the the easiest answer, the obvious answer, the one answer that makes the most sense, sex. Give him exactly what he wants. You want to you want to de-stress somebody. Give them what they want. And if it's a guy, it's going to be sex, period. Right. So that's why you feel like the list was actually not that useful because I, the, the, just, one, the one and only thing that needed to be on there yeah. wasn't on that list. Re- oh, compliment and tell them how you really feel? Really? I don't want people to like talk to me and tell me how they feel. That's ridiculous. That's the dumbest thing ever. You know what's, you know what's awesome? Don't talk to me. That's better. Just give me sex and don't talk to me. I like that so much better. Well, something that you very specifically wanted to talk about is Courtney Stodden and Doug Hutchison. Hutchinson, yeah. excuse me. So tell me These about two, this. Okay. This is one of those things that I, I actually do try to avoid as much as possible because it's she is clearly a fame whore and he is just creepy. And this is all in my opinion. I just want to I want to clarify that cuz he gets all like defensive about this stuff and I'm not really creepy. You can't say that. Yeah, you're creepy. You were a 52-year-old guy who married a 16-year-old girl. And I the thing about it with her- I'm sorry, how old is he? I be, At the time, he was 52 and she was 16. Wow, I think I don't know who these people are. This is, this is amazing. And yes, just for the record, that's really creepy. Yeah. That's like uh, Celine Dion's husband who says, I knew as soon as I saw her. Yeah, she was 12. <laughs> you shouldn't have known. Right. If you did know, don't tell us. Yeah, that's Keep just Keep that weird. to yourself. That is Renee. absolutely just, anyway, just sorry. weird. That's But anyway, so this is kind of one of those situations. It is. I mean, it was one of those things where like he had to get permission from her parents and, you know, her parents were fine with it, which kind of goes into the whole fame horse thing. Yeah, that's a problem. But it's like she all she does is dress up in hot little outfits, which Sounds amazing. I'm now not, I'm listening. Yes. I'm not going to say that it doesn't sound amazing. Sure. But she, like, he's always with her because he knows that she's going to walk away from him at some point. It's absolutely going to happen. He can pretend all he wants that it's not. It's going to happen. And so he, like, tries to cling on as, as close as possible. And he always makes himself look creepy. I don't, again, I don't care, like, that. Like, he wants to say, you can't say I'm creepy because I really love her and everything. Fantastic. That is creepy, and you make yourself look creepy when you're with her. He wears like like old clothes, and he's got the scruffy beard, and he's got a bandana yeah. on his head. He looks creepy. He talks creepy when he talks about her. They talk to each other creepy. It's like I don't blame her because I feel like she's one of those girls who at that age just wants to be famous, and this is what she's famous for. I have much less sympathy because she's young and, and again, in my opinion, kind of dumb. 
So it's like, fine, she wants to be famous. Okay, I get it. He is creepy. That is that is the only way that I can describe it is he is just creepy. He should know better, but he doesn't. And him saying that people shouldn't call him creepy just shows that he knows. Exactly. That he he clearly knows because everybody says it. There's no one that thinks he's not creepy. No one. Even Including I Courtney Stodden. I was gonna say, I guarantee you she thinks he's creepy. Yeah. But she wants to be famous, so it's fine. Hey, I, I definitely understand that. Well, we'll finish up by talking about someone who's already very famous. The Beebs. Now, so I read a quote yesterday, <laughs> before we get into your point on the Beebs, that uh, John Bon Jovi was asked about the Beebs, and he said, yeah, I think he's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and he thinks he's an asshole because he'll show up like two hours late for his concerts. And he's like, you know, yeah, it happens sometimes, but you know, it should really only happen once, right. maybe twice. And he's just like, that's just, you know, people aren't going to stick with you, you know? And I mean, it's a good point. Whatever you think about John Bon Jovi, guy's been around for a while exactly you know and i bet he's on time you right know? that's why he's what, been what, so successful look what forever. happened to axel rose exactly you'd buy a ticket and it would say around eight o'clock you're lucky if they go on by 10 30 exactly i remember it, i think it was like behind the music with metallica yeah and they talked about touring the tour, yeah touring with him and they which like, by the way one of the best concerts i ever went to let me just chime in was I, faith no more metallica guns and roses i went two nights at giant stadium in new york it was great but Metallica finishes, Guns N' Roses goes on so long after Metallica's done. You're right. just sitting there. So it's ridiculous, and it's it's not what the fans want. The fans, yeah. they're paying to see you. Show up. Yeah. Like, that's that's what you're there for. That's your thing. Show up. Be there. The fans, they love like they love him. They're going to still be there. Just show up. Don't be, don't be yeah. an asshole. Yeah, so again, exactly. once or twice, you're late, fine, whatever. Yeah, I mean, and I hear this about like Prince going on at 3 in the morning sometimes, and I'm like, you know... I, I think Prince has some great music, some really bad music too, but right. there's some really good stuff. I'm like, oh, it'd be great to see Prince, but I would never want to wait around that long. Right. You know? But so anyway, that's not even the real point no, that's about not Bieber. Even the story, but this still. is this is this is like one A of Bieber being an <laughs> asshole. So talk about what happens now if you need to party with the Biebs. So so over the course of the last like six months, a year, like there's been a ton of negative press about him. There's been all these stories about him smoking weed and like being caught in hotels hotel rooms with crazy people who are again smoking and doing drugs and drinking and whatever. So now apparently like you can go party with him. Like you anyone can go to a party at his house and that's cool. But you have to sign a disclaimer saying you are not going to say any, repeat anything that happens there. You're not going to post about it, Twitter about it, Instagram about it, nothing. And if you do, you are liable for $5 million. Five mil. Five million dollars. Because the Beebs needs your five mil. But it's, I understand. I mean, I know I've actually had to sign some of these non-disclosure things. I went to visit my wife's job i went to Mad Men and went on the set and i had to sign one of these things yes yeah, yeah i get it but it, you're just partying with the beebs and you can't even <laughs> talk about it which is like what goes on at these parties that you can't talk about it i i it's one of those things i do have to say i think it's probably the smartest thing that he's done in a long time because he does need to like get his house in order but yeah it's funny that it got to this point yeah someone should have thought of this after the first incident because Again, this has been going on for a while. He people are taking pictures of him smoking weed and like yeah. drinking and stuff. So it's like, of course, it's going to happen, but it should have happened a long time ago. That's a good point. You know, come on, get a but, hold. I mean, of this if you stuff. take a look at the Biebs, you have to figure Bieber is probably one more gigantic, oversized mansion away from becoming behind the music MC Hammer. You yeah, know? Could he's very not well there be. yet, 
but uh, he's getting close, you know. Could very well be. Yeah. He does seem to have a lot of people hanging around f- who don't contribute anything. Yeah, and look and look where it got hammer. It got hammer <laughs> in bunk beds with Emmanuel Lewis <laughs> on The Surreal Life, which was fantastic, but that's not where he saw himself. That's that, for sure. That was not hammer time. That No, that was not hammer time. But this has been... Guy time. Uh, it's called guy talk. It's called Coltrane's Corner. Either but way, but you know what I'm saying. Something. It's all these things. But I appreciate your time and your attention to the important stories in the news. These would have f- flown past most of our listeners if you weren't keeping an eye on them. And we'll I would also just like to end with yes. one with one note. Sure, boobs. Yeah, of course. I mean, obviously. And speaking of boobs, I'll be joined by one right after this with Agent Starling for some nerd talk. Welcome back, Nerd Talk with Agent Starling. Me, at Will Sterling underscore. See, yeah. now I know. Yeah, I, I, second I, nature. It's it's fun to forget though. It's because I know that you check my Twitter every five minutes. For I always want to know what's going on. I'm like, hey, yeah. hey, where's he going? What's yeah, he what, doing? What's he thinking about? Hey, what's happening? <laughs> when, when's Pain and Gain two going to happen? When's Mark Wahlberg going to yeah, Exactly. Well, just in general, I yeah. think that's to me. That's the inner voice that you have. That's it's not your speaking voice. voice, but when you think, you're just like, oh, I think I'm going to do some uh, more insanity. Yeah. I think that's probably true. Uh, I find myself. What's that guy's name? Shanti. Shanti. Hey, Shanti. Yeah. How's it going? How's Shanti doing? Hey, say hello to your mother for me. Say hello to your husband. <laughs> 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 yes, Shanti. Say hello. Yeah. But somebody that doesn't have a husband. The Man of Who? Steel. Oh, okay. I was like, well, I have a husband, Christian. Yeah, well, we know. I've, I've, <laughs> met, I've met your husband, and she's lovely. Yes. Uh, the Man of Steel, Superman. Yeah. New trailer. Number four. With Zod. Pretty intense. That is pretty intense. So now, excited. I have to, I asked you this before the show, I have to call attention to the fact, it's a little bit like those trailers that you were complaining about, like the Star Trek one, yeah. where you've got the bad guy addressing people, and it's not quite as... Shall we begin right. as some of those? But it's kind of got that same tone. So that's clearly how they want to send, sell us the movies now, right? Well, it because it's the last trailer. Yes, I'm happy that if that they, they ever did it, this. they did it last. Yeah, that's because true. it was all the very first teaser was like 30 seconds, and it was all like everyone was like, "What is this news?" Everyone was like, "That's such a dumb Superman movie. He's on a boat with a beard. Like, what's he doing?" You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So everyone was like, "What a stupid teaser!" Then the first trailer came out, and everyone was like, "Wait a minute." That's kind of emotional. The third one's super emotional, some cool action, and then I think the fourth one, they wanted the payoff to be like, okay, now here's all the cool action. Now, see, I was the other way. I actually have always wanted to see a Superman movie where Kal-El was a longshoreman. And oh, you did? That was all he did. Okay. Yeah. I think Snowshoes that that, up yeah, near the I th- Fortress Honestly, I think that would make for a good movie. But you know what? Maybe Man of Steel 2. It's okay. It could still happen. Yeah, you know, you gotta you gotta reboot. You with just the rides first on one. the back of polar yeah, bears. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So what is your favorite part about this new trailer? Is it that we get to see Zod actually you know, I mean we saw very brief snippets of him in the earlier trailers. Mm-hmm. I actually my favorite little part, only think only because it's a smaller, well, not a smaller character, but a, one of the lesser characters. Feora, who is Zod's like second in command, gets a little moment where she's like, you know, for every one person you save, we're going to kill a million more. So I was like, oh, cool, because she doesn't get enough love. Like the other Kryptonians, you know what I mean? It's all yeah. about Zod. And it, well, there's course, a clip where yeah. it's like him and his whole army. So I'm stoked that there's going to be a lot of cool 
little like little things like that. And of course, there have been flying around. I mean, that's all cool, but I like some of the smaller things too. The Black Perry White, of course, Lawrence Fishburne, Jenny Olsen, the female Jimmy Olsen. Wow, I didn't even know that. I knew about, them in there. I knew about Perry Black, as it were. Perry Black, but yeah. I did not know about Ginny Olsen. Oh, she's been in all of them. Ginny Olsen. With, you know, a lot of reboots. They like Battlestar Galactic is a perfect example. They go with, you know, they they mix up the genders a little bit. The the Hannibal did that. Uh, yeah. A couple of the characters on Hannibal, the TV series version, they they were men in the book, and now they're women. I get that you you know you want to do, but, but why does everybody do it? I th- I think it's demographics and it's yeah. more money. Maybe. Yeah, I don't it's, know. You know, that's really what it comes down to. But it's they're money. not pitching it like view Superman from Jenny Olsen's perspective. Nobody even knows that she's in the. Yeah, she, I had an well, argument with my friend about it, and he was so oh, pissed. Really? And I was like, honestly, Jimmy Olsen, he's his pal, but essentially, he doesn't even need to be. Yeah, in the story. Oh, could you don't survive just fine. Yeah, he's like get... he's like Alfred to Batman, and I was like, no, no he's no, not no, even no. remotely. <laughs> that's the same. You know what he is? He's Robin. But not even Robin. But Robin, you can obviously have Batman without Robin. He's just some guy that. named Robin. Yeah. Well, yeah. well he's Joseph Gordon. Joseph Gordon. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. His yeah. name just happens to be. To that's be not Robin. quite what I meant. Right. But anyway, so I know you're very <laughs> excited about this movie. And I get more excited because you're so excited. I was, as I was saying to you, I was more excited about both Iron Man and Star Trek. But. I'm still excited about this one as well. I just, uh, you know, it's just less excitement. But I've got a whole month to get amped up. And it's not like there's anything in between that I'm really that excited about. I'm not going to see Fast 6 or Fast 7, by the way. I'm just going to put that out oh, there a year early. No, right. I'm not going. All right. I'm not going. All right, fine. I'll probably see Hangover 3 because I like to laugh. You're you see know. Epic? I'm not going to see Epic, but let's put it this way. I'm not planning to see Epic. I just don't know enough about it. So I don't know if I Neither should. Do I. Yeah, I was going to say, should I be Christoph playing Christoph Waltz is in it, that's all Ooh, I know. I do like him. But, I don't know, we'll see. But anyway, so Man of Steel, there's still several weeks of hype and excitement, and we'll take your temperature, not literally, we'll figuratively take your temperature each week and be like, where's where's the I, level? Yeah, yeah exactly. <sighs> how many busted chains, or how many speeding bullets have you been able to leap over? Or does he leap over Out, and he stops? Outrun. He outruns it, and mm-hmm. he uh, can stop a, uh, what is it? What is Faster it? than a locomotive. Yep. More okay. Pa- or no, I'm sorry. Faster Str- than a speeding bullet, more yep. powerful than a locomotive, and can leap tall buildings in a single. That's bound. what it is. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, that's what I'll ask you. How many buildings in a single bound have you lost? Have you lost? Have I left? Have you leapt? Mm. Yeah, you're losing those buildings thanks to Sean T. But that's not what I meant. Right. You have less buildings to to leap over. Yeah. So we'll find three out is my max right now. Okay, but that's pretty, that's still pretty good. I'm going so, for twelve by the time the movie comes out. I think you'll be at fifteen. I'm not going to lie. Ooh. Okay. All right. So. Uh, the writers of Star Trek, speaking of Star Trek, Alex Kurtzman, Roberta, Rob, Robert Orsi. I always want to say Roberto. Roberto Orsi. Yeah, because of the O. So it's Robert Orsi. <laughs> uh, they don't think they'll be working on Star Wars. Well, good. That's you know what? Right. It's bad enough that JJ's doing everything. You know what? Spread the wealth a little bit. They already you guys, had Transformers. Yeah, you guys are Transformers. You know what? Why don't you sit down and start writing Star Trek Three or whatever you're going to call it? You yeah. know? Don't worry. But we got people to write Star Trek, Star Wars Episode Seven. I can't even keep him straight. But uh, although Lindelof thinks he's going to write one, he said, "Well, he said by the end of the decade. yeah." So not this one though. I no. forget who they, I've he read. was like. It might not be seven, eight, nine, it, yeah. but it'll be a Star Wars movie. Right, exactly. Uh, so that's all right. You know, you you guys can get in, but you know what? Just just relax sl- right now. Slow down a little bit. We got some and, time. You know, if that movie doesn't have to come out in two thousand fifteen, I know it will. 
But it's like, that seems too soon, you know? Take your time. Make it good. It's, I can understand, though, because it's the first time where, like, the monopoly has been lifted from the mind of the evil George Lucas. And everyone's yes. like, I want a piece of the pie. It's true. Yeah. And so it's like now the possibilities are there, and it's not just And George And as Lucas. I said, probably in the first Blatcast, I'm still really excited about the standalone Salacious Crumb movie. Oh, yeah. I I'm waiting for the wait. Bib Fortuna movie. The, well, the Bib Fortuna movie, yeah, there's going to actually kind of be some crossover between the two. Just now. The whole time, the whole movie, that's all he says. That's all he needs It's like, to Jabba's say. not even in the movie, Bib. Why do you keep saying that? It's it, it's all he knows, you know? So it's like, you know what? It's not even that he speaks a language we don't know. He just he just mumbles and mutters and he stuff. He loves Jabba. So, yeah, well, who would? He loves his Jabba. Working uh, for Jabba. <laughs> so you told me that they're going to make Transporter 4, 5, and 6? I don't even know why. I mean, I saw the first one, and it was actually a lot of fun. It was cool. I thought it was cool. I like Jason Statham. Yeah. And it was cool. I saw it. I don't think I saw the second one. It's all right. It was horrible. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. But, so I guess they just make money, and they want to make they've, more money, right? But essentially, they've just still been making Transporter movies. Crank, yeah. Crank 2. Every well, movie if there's that a Jason Crank Statham 3, I'll go with, see it. Because he's just the Transporter. Crank is so ridiculous. <laughs> It's so amazing, and I'm just like, oh, if they make a Crank Three, I have to see. You know? I only saw the first one. He, yeah, I well, couldn't handle it. I was well, like, Crank T, Crank Two. It, it's you're you're you feel like you're cranked up the whole time. It's, Good. Uh, yeah. Sometimes you need that. Yeah, and that's that's one of those times. Does it make you want to get a pump afterwards? Uh, you know what? I don't. I've never smoked a cigarette in my life, but it makes me want to smoke a cigarette Ooh. so I can just I can just unwind. All right. You know, but I I won't. I, Maybe after Transporter 6, though. Okay. We'll see what happens. You can ask Bajensky. He'll hook you up. So another film franchise that uh, we're both emotionally invested in is The Expendables. Yeah. What is uh, Stallone's interest? He's got some He's got some schemes and plans. There's for a couple the... drops. He's dropping people's names. Yeah. He's, he, uh, and I wonder Seagal, if these are like Steven Seagal. even people that he has or it's just like his dream cast. And he's just like... <laughs> What's awesome is that he does it all via Twitter. And I feel like he just discovered Twitter. So he's like... I should probably use it, you know, because it's there. It's the Twitter. I got my daughters on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so he's he dro- wants, so. What did he drop on trailer uh, on Twitter? Excuse me. He wants to do it. Well, first of all, Steven Seagal might be in it. That's one uh, thing. That's Jackie not Chan a selling point for me. Jackie, Jackie Chan. Chan might that's be in cool. Uh, Steven Seagal, present day Steven Seagal. I don't want to see no. anything. Isn't he a rapist? Didn't he do something terrible? Uh, there are some allegations. Yeah, and that's uh, enough for me. He also the kind of wears a muumuu now. I mean, he's a big man now. Oh, okay. He is right. large. So he would just be like command center Steve. He'd be in the van. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. With the mustard on his shirt, you know, he'd be that guy. He'd be the van guy. He would definitely be the van guy. Okay, cool. Like, he would uh, not. He would not roundhouse kick anybody. Dang it. Yeah, that's fine. But he wants to steal the action setup from the movie The Raid. Redemption. Which I have not seen. I haven't seen it either. I've okay. seen clips and stuff, and it's freaking out of this world. It's super cool because all those guys are super talented. They're not actors. They're all martial artists. So all the stuff is just like mind-blowing stuff. And Stallone's like, we're going to do better than that. And I'm like, but I mean, Stallone is my like number one hero next sure. to Superman. But he's in his, he is not capable of raid action himself. Right. It would have to be other people. That's true. Only because it would be too trying on his body, and I think 66 is a little Yeah, too... this, we're beyond the point where he yeah. should be really doing too he much. He can still run, shoot guns, and be a badass, Yeah, but he's not the raid guys. Those are skinny Asian people. <laughs> I'm not, that's not even racist. No, that's I know. awesome. Hey, they they th- can do it. American people can't do it. No, that's true. Well, we'll have to see, and I don't even know when Expendables 3 might even happen. I think it's a, it's a ways off. For right? next summer. 
Oh, well, that's not that far off. They push that stuff out fast. That's true. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I mean, Fast 7 is going to be out before <laughs> Fast 6 from what I hear. That's probably going to happen. I, I might have made that up, but that's all right. That's that's uh, It's not too far off. So another film franchise that, uh, you know, you and I have been a little bit outspoken about how we're not particularly fans of The Hobbit. And <laughs> I actually went to go yeah. see the, the new Hobbit, and I, I talked a lot about it. Yeah. And all it did was reinforce why I tend to not really like those movies. I mean, the Lord of the Rings movies, watching them once was enjoyable enough, but it was still too long. And then, you know, they take the shortest book and they turn it into three movies. I've gone on and on about that. So there's part of me that there's like a schadenfreude aspect where I kind of like to hear that they're having reshoots. I like to hear (laughs) that it's going badly because it is bad. It's not a good product. No. I don't enjoy it. It's crap. I... I like the casting. Yeah. I like Bilbo being Tim from the original office. And yes, I know he's also Watson <laughs> from elementary. Yeah, yeah. No, no, Sherlock. I know that. Lucy See, Liu is that. Watson in elementary. See, you do know the difference. Yes, I do. So you're not racist. No. You don't think that Tim from the British office is also Lucy Liu. Look, I get that Lucy Liu is Korean, Japanese, whatever. I know it. I'm not racist. she's Chinese, isn't she? Yeah, I'm, that's my being not All racist. Right. Yeah. But anyway, so <laughs> do you think that maybe when they do the reshoots, they could maybe do a scene where they can kind of skip the middle movie. They should do where that. Where it'll just be like, Bill will be like, oh, and this was terrible that yeah. this happened, but now we're on to this. Just call down the birds again. Yeah. Fly to the mountain. <laughs> right. And just be done just with it. Just put up the bird signal. Yeah. And uh, they'll come <laughs> yeah. get you. So you gave me a big spoiler for Transformers number four, and I have to say, Were you I'm upset excited. that I gave no, that spoiler? No, okay, no, no. good. Because really I was not excited about Transformers four at all. Yeah, okay. But- I felt like this should have happened in the last movie. Where the hell are the Dinobots? They're coming. I need Grimlock. Yeah, I'm so Especially excited. Grimlock, because he's the dumb one. I heard know? there was a piece of that story that I'm not sure about, but at the same time, you'd be like, I don't know, that could be pretty over-the-top awesome. Apparently, the Autobots ride the Dinobots. Well, that's what I think they, they should have so done. So they, I mean, could, they yeah. could transform together and make, like, mega transforms. Well, they do have, they have those ones they would sort of be smaller transformers and then they would turn into these big guys right they had like a the whole cassette con- tape they had a construction ones. crew that turned into something big that i don't actually remember what its name is and when i forget things like this i actually i take it as a source of pride that i'm like oh i don't remember that anymore right. i don't you know i know that they were the constructicons right but they turned into a guy and i'm like i don't know what that guy was called you know, let's just call him Serpentor so we can okay. move on. Wrecking Ball is probably a good guess. <laughs> Wrecking, Paul, Wrecking Ball like is a, a good guess. A Transformer name. But anyway, I don't know who the voice of Grimlock is going to be, but I, I feel like we should be able to come up with a short list by next week. I yeah. want to know what people think. Who should be the voice of Grimlock? Put myself on that list. I'll put you right there. I'll I put you as Grimlock I'll put list. you as Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. That would be great. I'll what? be doing the actually I'll be doing the ADR for Mark Wahlberg for Transformers Fork because he is in it. Yeah, so. he's in it. Yeah. So you can just do They'll the call ADR. me in. I'll be like, Optimus, what's going on? How you doing? <laughs> I like your truck. <laughs> that's a, that's can kind, I ride up front? That's kind of, that's kind of the whole movie, basically. We're saying with Wiki. Why'd he quit? So anyway, I we want to know what you guys think. Uh, send us an email, blatcast at gmail.com, or tweet at blatcast, hashtag Grimlock. Yeah! Who you think should be the voice of Grimlock in Transformers 4. Speaking of a fourth in. Uh, not installation. Installment. Fourth installment. I had the first few letters right. Good then when I've been talking this long, sometimes I forget. So the fourth installment of Jurassic Park, that's going to be a reboot. I guess. It's I mean, <laughs> where were you going to go after the third one? You know? Yeah. I, well, but they said reboot. Not like full. It's not going to be a new Alan Grant. You know, like a new Ian Oh, really? Malcolm. So it's going to be. It's just like, hey, we're just going to like kind of. Bring some new characters over new, there. Yeah. Yeah. 
But who? Come on, just make a dinosaur movie. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's. that's I want people riding dinosaurs. Autobots riding Dinobots. I want Alan Grant riding dinosaurs. And you also want dinosaurs on a spaceship. I want dinosaurs on a. I had dinosaurs on a spaceship. Yeah, I I got that dream fulfilled. I I saw that, and and that was your dream. Uh, We'll talk about a couple things before we uh, make way for the Uber Nerd Talk panel on Star Trek. The uh, there's a, this I, I saw you post this online and I actually didn't realize it was a video game. This Batman game Arkham Origins. <sighs> looks good. It looks. I, I mean, video games look better than movies did. You should when just I was make a, that yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Why? You know, just get somebody who's really good at playing it and film it, and yeah. then like, oh, there's the movie. And there it is. There it is. I mean, that's not the gameplay graphics. No, Those no, are no. The cinematics. But that's but okay. It's still I mean, cool. Yeah. yeah. So this will be good. So is this game out? And, and, October. And will you get it when it comes out? Uh, I or are you not much have, of a gamer? I'm not much of a gamer, uh, but I have a PC, and I have Arkham Asylum and Arkham City for PC, so I might get Arkham Origins for Just want to see PC. what it's all about. Yeah. And finally, we always have to have some X-Men news. Yeah. Very excited as we get closer and closer to X-Men Days of Future Past. Ellen Page will be repri- reprising the role of Kitty Pride. That was always a character that I liked. I always liked Kitty Pride, And Ellen Page was one of three actresses who played her, each of the earlier Brian Singer movies. Well, I guess technically that was a Brett Ratner movie. Right. So the the first few movies, a different actress played her every time. But the the one that Ellen Page was in was the where she had kind of the most to do. Yeah. So it's good that she's coming back. I think it'll be good just to have her. I don't know how much we're gonna see these these future X Men, which I guess is our present, and right. then the first class X Men are the past it's confusing well i would be surprised if he's building up to then another movie after that it would be good i mean kind of you know let's let's get patrick stewart back out there. i would love that you know i want to see i and I, I still want to see kelsey Grammer as the beast I that was that. the best let's the third get more movie of that. was horrible but what a great yeah. casting choice. yeah that was exactly. the best part of it and, and you know see what him like Rah! he's old now people. so if you just want to have him do the voice i'm not you know what don't it's even tell me. me don't tell me just 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 have him in the movie and that'll be fine we should start calling it De- X-Men things that will happen but maybe didn't already yet. Well, yeah. That's, that's close enough. That's, that's a little bit close. Days enough. of Future. Well, we'll have to uh, figure out uh, all this stuff. And I don't even know when that movie comes out, but I'm, I'm excited for it. That'll be the movie I'm excited for next year. It's okay. probably X-Men. What about Cap? What about Cap 2? I'll be excited about Cap 2, but not as much as the X-Men. Okay. X-Men were better friends to that me That makes Cap. sense. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, we will uh, take a quick break. And then when we come back, if this wasn't nerdy enough for you, we're going to go to the Mount Olympus of nerddom. I'll be joined by friends of show Rob Lorich and Mark, who goes by Rafe Gutman on the message board. And we are going to really painfully break down Star Trek Into Darkness to the extent which we I probably did with my friend Tom last week. But we're going to do it even more right after this. Welcome back to the Platcast, continuing on our trend of having an uber nerd segment. This is a very special meeting of the brain trust of the DMZ, basically fellow nerds. We have uh, Rob Lorich, friend of show, and Mark, who's best known as Rafe Gutman, also friends of the show. Now, I assume you two have never met, so be polite and say hello to each other, Rob and Rafe. I can't Reading speak Rob. Oh, hey, uh, hey, hey, Rave. <laughs> well, that went well. That was yeah. good. We're nerds. We don't know how to talk to people. You've, you've made first contact. That's beautiful. Yeah. 
Uh, well, one of the things we want to talk about is obviously we're more than a weekend now. We feel like if you haven't, if you're the kind of person who gets upset about spoilers and you haven't seen it yet, shame on you. But we're letting people know that there's going to be some spoiler talk about Star Trek again. And uh, Rob, we're going to start with you because you unfortunately found out kind of a big spoiler that they felt everybody knew, but you didn't know for sure. So talk about how disappointed you were. Uh, to find out about Benedict Cumberbatch's character before you actually saw the movie? I was pretty PO'd. Um, Yahoo had it. This would have been around, it was in the afternoon Friday. And Yahoo had their, on their main page, their review for one of their, their Yahoo writer guys. And he just, no spoiler alert, nothing. He just blurts it out. Oh, yeah. And uh, let's just say it. He's con. He's right. con. Anybody who wanted to know, they already knew. And just, <laughs> and I went, now, and I was pissed because we heard about it a year ago when they were filming. There was rumors that Cumberbatch was going to play Khan. And, by the way, this is the third time this has happened where now with Dark Knight Rises that Mary- Marianne Cotillard was playing Talia al Ghul, and they denied that. And right. then with, uh, I don't remember her name, the chick who played the new Monty Penny in Skyfall, they said, no, 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 she's a new character named Eve. So now the next time I hear so-and-so is playing an iconic character, I'm immediately going to believe it. Yeah, there's, there's no, uh, they're not pulling a fast one on, yeah. on you anymore. Uh, no. So, yes, yeah, so, but did it take, so you felt like it took away from the moment where he said that it was his name because you're like, yeah, thanks, I already knew, but was it still cool that he was Khan? Oh no! I still, I still loved it. I loved the film. I overwhelmingly I had very little. My problems with it were very nitpicky for the most part, but I still loved it. But yeah, it would have been nice not to have known. Yes. I, I, you know, you could feel it in the audience when he says, "My name is Khan." Everyone goes, "Ooh!" And there's some people clapping and all that stuff. And uh, a couple friends I went with, they didn't know. And oh I well, told that's them immediately when I got it spoiled. I texted everybody and said, "Avoid Yahoo." And by the way, two hours after that, they just had the picture on their front page. Of Ricardo Montalban and Benedict Cumberbatch said, "Which one's better?" They just didn't care. Was it was it young TV series Space Seed Montalban or movie? Yes, it was. It was Space Seed Montalban. Ah, see, so that's that's tough. Well, let me uh, bring in for our own version of Kianes Mas Macho, Rob Lorich, O oh, Rafe Gutman. Rafe Gutman, you uh, weren't crazy about the casting of uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as Khan when it was revealed that it was the Khan character. Am I correct in that assessment? Yeah, yeah, I, I wasn't, only because I felt, and not, nothing to do with Cumberbatch, I thought he was excellent. No, he was excellent, guy. but I agree, I agree with you on that point, yes. Um, I just felt that the producers, when they, when, they, when they started this alternate timeline series, the rule was kind of like, okay, these are the same characters, Kirk is Kirk, Spock very much looks and acts like Spock, McCoy, Carl Urban, dead on, and, you know, and then of course there's, alternate things are, are happening that they're giving them completely different lives but the conceit is these are going to look and act like the characters we all know and i felt like they kind of um i felt like they kind of broke the rule with khan i think if they made him look and act more cast someone a little closer to monto bonding let let him run with it i would have probably enjoyed it a little more although in the end i Really love the film. Yeah, no, 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 exactly. It's one of those things. And I think, you know, I mean, the ethnicity, sure, it it is part of it. And you and I traded messages because I had heard that there was maybe a notion of having Javier Bardem. And then I also heard they actually did offer the role to 
uh, Benicio del Toro, which uh, I think he would have, you know, he would have also been good. But I guess when those two didn't work out, I guess they felt like they needed to. Well, let's not only talk to Spanish or Latino actors, you know. So I kind of, I kind of get the idea that at the time of casting, Benedict Cumberbatch is kind of the flavor of the month. He's coming off a Sherlock series two, and they're like, well, he's really hot. Let's just get him in there. And I, again, I love him as an actor. I mean, anymore, he seems to be doing everything but Sherlock. But uh, I, I, nothing against him. I just think the producers, I, I think they were kind of breaking their own rules with the, with, with the casting. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Well, what are some of your other minor quibbles? And then Rob and I can, uh, can chime in, because I remember um, you, you didn't have many, but you had a couple. Yeah, I mean, I thought, um, oh gosh, I, I thought the ending with, you know, the madman with, bent on revenge with a giant ship attacking Starfleet headquarters in San Francisco kind of had been done in the last film. Right. Um, that's really about it. I, I felt, you know, I just thought that climax, it, they were just kind of topping the Nero ending from the first movie. Well, how did, um, how did you guys feel about action Spock, who, you know, is much, you know, he's obviously this Spock is a little different than the Spock we grew up with, but he's, you know, he's so... I don't know. It definitely doesn't seem like the same guy. Now, obviously, you know, our Spock never had to deal with uh, Jim Kirk dying in the way that he did, or at least the way he thought he did. But uh, what did you think about... I, I mean, it's sort of like one of those things where you're like, well, I don't know if this is right, but it's kind of awesome. Sort of like the scene where you first see Yoda with the lightsaber in the otherwise terrible episode two in, in, a, in another franchise, but it's sort of a similar moment. What do you guys think of that? I'll, I'll start with Rob. Um, I have no problem with it. I, I, I'm very happy with the main crew. Um, and, you know, everything has to be viewed through the lens of the timeline of with Nero coming back and what's happened, and you just said it. Well, Spock lost his planet. He's still young. We're still seeing them. We thought after the first film that, okay, for the second film, now it's Star Trek. Well, actually, it's not till after the second film. Now they're starting their five-year mission. Um, and even so, it's, it's still going to be different because of what's happened to them. The bigger, if I have a bigger, like my problem with this one, which is somewhat minor, was the Klingons, but we can get back to that. No, that's but actually my, what I was going to ask you about next. Well, uh, my, my bigger issue with these two films is, and this, if, if people... If somebody wants to argue that they've strayed away from the original characterizations, and we can have little debates about that, the one big issue I have, or bigger, it still could be filed under nitpicky, is that the original, uh, the core, uh, the focal point of, of the original series was Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. That's known as, in Star Trek circles as the Trinity. It's now become Kirk and Spock. And McCoy, in two films, the first one I get, but now in a second film, has been relegated to almost just a comedic sidekick. And that does kind of bug me. Yeah, it's like he and Scotty are kind of vying for you know all the, yeah. the comedic levity moments. Uh, what do, you, do you agree with that, uh, Rafe? What do you think about? One hundred percent agree. Yeah. I think um, I like to think that if they back in the sixties, if they had the budget to do Kirk and Khan fighting on a spaceship flying through you know through the city, that you know that the Leonard Nimoy Spock would just be doing the same Vulcan sure. moves. Yeah. If George Takai could have got himself a flip out sword and fought on a on Nero's ship, he'd have done the same moves. Uh, you know, without a budget constraint, you know, these are the same guys with the same, doing the same action bits. 
Right. Well, and so let's move on to what Rob had as as he definitely said it was a minor quibble. But talk about the uh, Klingons, and I, I like the way you described them. And what do you think of the Klingons? They're metrosexual now. <laughs> the Is it just because of the earring? Mask, he's clean shaven. He had some kind. Of, I thought it was a gold highlight, but I guess it was a piercing. Right. In his thing, and uh, every almost everything that happens in these first two films. You can say, well, you know, the timeline, I can come up, me and my other Trek friends can come up with, a, with an excuse. We can kind of fill in, we can write in the, the excuse for why something's different. The hardest one to explain is what they've done with the Klingons. And it starts, um, and I'm assuming, I know you guys did, if you watched the deleted scenes uh, of the first film, the Klingons were in that movie. And they were yep. wearing the leather, the, those leathery masks, and they, they looked like they did. And I thought, cool. Now, my head immediately said, well, the reason they're doing that is, having been a fan of Enterprise, uh, and this was, and by the way, anyone listening to this who isn't a DMZ member, you should sign up, because this is the kind of magic you get to talk about <laughs> every day. That's right. You can, talk about, you can talk about Star Trek series that are well-known and beloved, and then some that only lasted for three years that, that even I admittedly didn't get around to watching. As, <laughs> as, years, I, as I wrote about recently, excuse me, four years, it wasn't even a conscious decision. I didn't even really... It's just the timing that Enterprise was on, it, I just, it just sort of fell by the wayside. I think if it was now, I, it's a lot easier to, if you miss a show, like, oh, well, you know, I'll just watch it on my pocket watch that I got from my grandfather. That'll be easy. But anyway, so you're talking about the visual... Did you want them to look like the more humanoid Klingons from the original series? Is that yeah. what you were hoping? Okay. Yeah, because during, and you know, this was explained on the DMZ. Um, I think Rafe, you posted it about Enterprise did a two-episode arc that finally explained the real world excuse was they didn't have the budget to do makeup for Klingons back in the old series. Which that's yeah, as, as real world reasons go, that one makes perfect that, sense. You can't you can't fault them for that. Yes. But in, within the story, they finally explained that um, it was something to do with, like, military... Rafe, you explained it. Something about military testing with some bioweapons or something uh, that went something wrong. Something like that, yeah. And gave them a more human look, and they said eventually, you know, it, it kind of... It would get bred out, and you'd look like Klingons again. So that's why they looked more human in the original series. So I thought, okay, they're wearing leather masks with bumps on them because they don't want outsiders to know that they look human. So when the guy took off his mask in this one, I said, wait a minute. So they have the bumps on their head. Then that immediately made me go, well, then Klingons, who are a proud warrior race, would find it cowardly to wear masks. And that, that kind of, again, it's, I'm being really nerdy and, and nitpicky, but that doesn't fit with the culture, much less looking like deck, you know, Persian, Persians wearing jewelry and stuff. So that was a little weird yeah. to me. Well, yeah, and you never have to apologize for being overly nerdy here. Thank when, you. When it's a podcast that had such a nerd quotient that I had to create a separate, even nerdier segment than one called Nerd Talk. Uh, and I think it's good. And, and Rafe, have you weighed in on what you thought about the Klingons? I mean, were, would I, you... I, I, was, I was really disappointed just because... I knew they were going to be in this movie. Um, again, you know, they were going to take off their masks. I was expecting, since the events of Enterprise predate uh, Nero, that's right, uh, altering the timeline. I was like, well, all right, all that's set in stone. And um, you know, they take it off, and I, I was just looking like, well, they look kind of like Christopher Plummer did in, in Six, you right. know, he's a clean shaven, and he's got ornamentation on his bumps and. They had a quick, and I think he was actually. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was the only one that took his helmet off because they had a quick action sequence, and it's over. 
Yeah, I mean, it is pretty quick when you don't even actually see that much of them. And yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I, I think it was cool to see them. And, and I guess the thinking was probably, well, we have the money to make them look this way. And who knows, you know, they may explain that down the road. I wouldn't count on it, but maybe they'll, you know, I kind of, even before I understood this backstory, I thought that maybe there were different, you know, species or ethnicities of, of Klingon at a certain point. I didn't know this uh, explanation ever came up on Enterprise because all I knew, as I mentioned on the message board, was in the uh, Tribble episode they did of Deep Space Nine, uh, they, I, I remember Worf gets asked, wait, those are Klingons, and he just says, oh, we never discuss it with outsiders. So well, your, your, friend, your friend from a couple podcasts ago that had the, uh, was the big Trek fan. Yes, my friend Tom Kelly, yes. He commented on how excellent season four of Enterprise is, and uh, I just want to echo that. I mean, if you get a chance to pick up, definitely get season four of Enterprise. They go back to the basics. They they set up classic Trek, and I think that was one of the storylines of season four were were those Klingons. And that was that was probably the problem with that show is that it took them four seasons to get to that point of what people well, wanted to see. It took, them, it took them bumping Rick Berman and Bronan Braga out from the reins and letting I think it was Manny Cotto <laughs> came in and took over as head writer and really got it back to Trek nerddom. Yeah, for right. Well, one of the other things that uh, Rafe and I traded messages about, and uh, obviously I want to know what you think too, Rob, was this notion of Khan's blood to save Kirk, which makes perfect sense. But was it really necessary to keep him alive, or was that just a, a story point? I mean, you did have 72 other guys filled with blood. You know, granted, they were frozen, but they froze Kirk. So, uh, Rafe, I'll ask you first. What did you think about that as kind of a, a bit of a plot hole? Well, first of all, I, I'm probably the only one, but when 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 Kurt's on the table and McCoy's standing there and he looks over at the triple and figures it out, I was so hoping. I was like, oh my gosh, if Kurt gets a transfusion from a triple to save his life, this will be officially <laughs> the greatest Star Trek movie ever. That actually would have been great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it didn't happen. But yeah, that's the first thing. He's like, well, got to keep Khan alive. I was like, well, he's got like 72 other guys you can defrost. I mean, I don't know what the process is. That's the only thing I can think. Maybe the process would have taken too long. But uh, right, maybe Kirk wasn't. Maybe Kirk wasn't. Um, Spock just didn't, you know, take him out, snap yeah. his neck, and drag his body back. I don't know how long the, the blood <laughs> has to stay fresh or whatever. But yeah, yeah. And what did you think about that, Rob? Well, the same thing. And I think it was uh, another DMZ member, Des, uh, on the Des on the uh, message boards, who said, well, "You knew that was going to happen." So, and, and don't get me wrong, I like the way everything wrapped up. But it took any. It took most of the suspense of the whole death scene of Kirk and everything. Yeah. You're like, well, they're going to get blood from the Tribble. That's what I thought. And then, you know, they, <laughs> like you said, then they went with Khan's blood, and okay, I guess it just had to be really fresh and right now. Yeah, I actually, th- I actually thought that what they were going to do was kind of end the movie with that, without it being resolved, and then it was something that we were going to have to actually pick up search in a, a third... Yeah, exactly. For, in a search <laughs> for Kirk... And then, you know, we would have had Khan get away. You know, I thought all these things were going to happen. So I was glad in that, you know, from that standpoint that it was resolved, even though, yeah, it was kind of an, it, it took a lot of the, it was a lot less upsetting for, yeah. to see uh, Kirk die when, he, when you knew he wasn't going to stay dead. I just thought that, you know, he would have been dead in real time for like five years before they finally got around to making another movie. 
Um, one of the other really important uh, departures, I'm going to bring a friend of the show in, a, a member of the Blackcast team. I'm going to bring Coltrane in here because he saw the movie with uh, young Agent Starling, and he has something very important uh, to, to talk about. And uh, we'll talk about the nerd aspect of it, but uh, Coltrane, what do you think is probably the most important takeaway from the whole movie? Alice Eve looks great in her underwear. I definitely agree with yeah. that. Now, uh, I believe uh, Damon Lindelof had feels he had to apologize for that scene. What do you think about that first Coltrane? What do you think about the apology? I think that's ridiculous. That was that was such a, it was just such a great moment because it's not too much, it's not too little, it's just just enough to like, you know, keep you interested, bring in the new girl, introduce her. It's great. And of course Kirk was going to turn around. Come on, he's Kirk. Exactly. Yeah. Well, all right. So, well, thank you for that Coltrane. I just wanted to let him <laughs> chime in on that. Always and, here to help. Yeah, and then we'll so let's talk to you guys though about who that character actually is, the significance of having Carol Marcus. And also, by the way, you're more than welcome to comment on the uh, underwear inclusion. Uh, I'll start with Rafe. I can't. I'm trying to keep this uh, alternating <laughs> correctly, and I, I hope I'm not favoriting Rafe. But uh, uh, Rafe, what did you think about having Carol Marcus? And I thought it's great. I thought it's interesting how it's now worked out how she's now a crew member. Yeah. Um, that underwear scene didn't even bother me. I, I think we had something similar with an Orion girl in the first, in the previous movie. Right. So I didn't quite get what the big deal was. Um. But uh, I thought it was great to have her on board. I don't know why she has a British accent now, but that's okay. Um, yeah, I, I assume that that actress has. I assume that actress Alice Eve has a British accent because I saw her in another movie where she had an American accent. So I'm like, well, they they wouldn't have just chosen to give her a British accent. But yeah, I did. I did think it was unusual. Rob, what do you think of uh, having Carol Marcus? It was one of the things, one of the things I forgot to talk about last week with my friend Tom was he actually didn't like the fact that she was going to be on the crew. And I understand that's more of like a, a purist view of that. I get where he's coming from. I think it's kind of cool because we never got to really see much, any of their story. What do you think about it, Rob? Yeah, I think it's great. She was only in one film. Originally, yeah. so I think it's really cool. Um, it's the underwear thing. Here's all you need to know about. Is, is it Lindoff who said that? Lindelof, yes. Lindelof. Here's what you need to know. His apology. He says, "Yeah, we went too far. I should apologize for that." You know. Then again, we did show Kirk uh, shirtless in his underwear in both films, which means that isn't. He, he didn't feel the need to apologize. It's, the question is, which woman in his life told him he needs to apologize? <laughs> that's what happened with that. I, I do think that that's a great observation. I just you know, got a big thumbs up from. So I just got a big thing? thumbs up from Coltrane on the other side of the glass for that. He agrees which, with you wholeheartedly. Which, which woman who's not in good shape forced him to apologize <laughs> for showing a hot chick in good shape? That's yeah, the question. but you know what? It's okay because we owe, we owe him a debt of gratitude for making sure that it stayed in the movie. Right. I'm going to hope that it's still on the Blu-ray. You know, that'd be very disappointing if they did like the E.T. thing where they replaced the guns with walkie talkies and they, you know, they they put her in in a leotard or something. I think uh, I don't know. I think it's a very it's a very casual swinging time. This time period that the original voyage happens. I mean, it's to to refer back to that Deep Space Nine episode where they they travel to the, you know, the Trouble with Tribbles episode. They kind of talk about that time period being a lot like the 60s. I mean. You know the the military uniform of Starfleet women was a miniskirt, so you know it's it's a little bit of a swing in time. I think you know ladies might might uh, get changed in front of somebody that looks like Jim Kirk. Well, you know what else is coming back in style in this between the two films? The the sideburns. 
they didn't have them in the first film, and now they're starting to slowly, like uh, Admiral Pike had Star Trek mutton chop. Right. And now slowly Kirk looks like he's getting, I don't remember him having those in the first film. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And, and let's uh, talk about one other thing before I, I let you guys go. Uh, having RoboCop in the film in any capacity, I find that to be awesome. What do you guys think? Loved it. Rafe? Agreed. Yeah. Again, again, Enterprise Season 4, he plays a bad guy in that. Go back and see it. He's great in that. He was great in this. Man, do you have profit participation on Season 4 of Enterprise? Is it... Is, is it is it on Netflix or would I have to buy a yeah. DVD? If it's on uh, Netflix, because yeah, I have the other series in there. Uh, I'm not going to lie, except Voyager. I have the other ones. Christian, in there. seriously, I was the same way. And about two years ago, uh, I was sick over Christmas, and a buddy of mine has all this, every series on DVD. He right. gave me all of them, and I finally watched. Every, and I because I I didn't watch all of Next Gen. That's you know I was. Young, I was a kid, and then I started dating, and you start yeah, partying. That, they're, they're, <laughs> that's, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly how old you are. I'm 37, so. I'm actually four years older than you. I just turned 41. I, I, here, so. I can't believe I let you old men on my podcast. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so, like, uh, I graduated Let's high school. Watch them. You'll love them. I graduated high school as Next Generation was finishing, so I definitely didn't see the last few years. And some of the other shows were when I was in college. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, there, I know there's still a lot left. But uh, And as I mentioned on the message board, I do like Scott Bakula so much that I was disappointed in myself that I didn't stick with Enterprise just because uh, I feel like he he has what it takes to be a Starfleet captain, even if I, I might – I don't know if I'm in the minority, but how do you guys feel about Mrs. Columbo as the captain of Voyager? I was never a fan. It has nothing to do with her being a woman. But, uh, you know, if there were other female characters, you know, I, I if, if Deanna Troy had been a, a captain, I would have been all right with it. Uh, but what do you guys think of her? Am I just am I just have a blind spot on Voyager? No, I don't think so. I I never I watched the first couple seasons and I dropped out. I I was I don't know. I didn't care for the characters. I, that's the one Star Trek I've not watched all the way through is Voyager. Yeah. I, I couldn't even come back when seven and nine came around. I'd see the yeah. promos and I'd go, oh, I see what they're trying to do, but uh, I still don't have time. Uh, Rob, you do you can watch a Borg episode every what, now and what, then? But that was about it. Yeah. What did you when think I of Voyager, Rob? All those shows. I was the same way because I I dropped Voyager after the first season because I hated Neelix. He looked like a clown, <laughs> and then he was yep. dating uh, Tinkerbell. <laughs> yes, he looked like a fairy, and I thought it was stupid. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with voice that. Voice sounded like a muppet. Yeah, and I, I felt like, uh, I don't know, I, I guess I didn't like the premise, really. You know, I didn't like how far away they were, and I didn't, but more than anything, I did not like the characters. I'm telling watch them now, and it, this, the, nothing's better. The advent of DVD and now Netflix is so great because there's a big difference of watching something week to week as opposed to having it, the entire series at your disposal, because I do marathons on sure. a weekend. I'll watch 12 in a row over a course of however many hours. And it's way better because when you hit a, a lame episode, you just start the next one. And right. it's a lot different when you have to wait a week and sit there and go, you know, this show sucks. <laughs> and I'm serious. And it, it, all those shows, you fly through them. Yeah. By the end of every one, Voyager and Enterprise, by the end of the show, I ended up loving it. Because you see how they kind of, when fans like us dropped the show, yeah. the producers and writers had to go, oh, what are we going to do? And if you stick around long enough, you see how they slowly repair those problems. So I'm sit, sit down and I give them another shot. So you're saying uh, you're saying Voyager's worth you. another shot? That's interesting. I'm sorry, yeah, Rafe. I was talking by the end of because that was my least favorite. By the end of it, I really liked it. Uh, Rafe, well, I'm sorry. What were you saying? I talked well, to I was over. I say using the marathon method. Um, uh, 
Babylon 5. Oh, my God. It is, it just sit down and watch it from beginning to end. One of the greatest sci-fis. That, that's Ever. probably the way I would have to watch that show because uh, my, my mom watched that and I wasn't in on the beginning and she'd watch it and I, I'd be around and I'd see it. I'm like, oh, this seems interesting. You know, I obviously the fact that uh, Scarecrow of Scarecrow and Mrs. King was involved was, you know, it definitely caught my eye. Uh, so that's not even one where I'm like, oh, I don't like it. I just didn't, you know, I just didn't find the time for it. Sure. But uh, uh, that's, yeah, that's the thing too, is you can catch all this stuff. And the fact that all of the Star Trek series are on Netflix is is very smart. And whoever made that decision, I think, I think CBS owns the TV series or some division of Paramount. It's different than the movies. There's a whole, there's like various rights issues within yep. the franchise from what I understand. Do you have Netflix, Christian? I do, yes. Oh. I didn't for years, but I finally uh, broke down, and I was very glad to have it uh, when they've started doing you know original content like House of Cards and the soon-to-be-airing uh, Arrested I, I, Development. I beg of you, sit down with your wife and tell her that Ron says... <laughs> Enterprise is a great show. All right, I will tell her, and that's a that's something that I let uh, Rob know is that uh, my my wife uh, remembers him because, unbeknownst to a lot of our listeners of the radio show and the end of the broadcast, uh, Rob sent us a uh, very nice wedding gift. He sent some lining kugel, which is some of Wisconsin's finest lager, but he also sent matching his and hers. Whitland kits from the DMZ store. So uh, all I have to say is, like, oh, you know, the guy who sent us the, the Whitland kits. So after she heard the episode that, that Rob was on, she's like, oh, I like that guy, Ron Lorich. And I don't know if I'm going to ever correct her. Although she will hear this eventually, so maybe she'll start to remember. Wow, I feel so cheap. Man, I didn't get you anything. That's all right, Rafe. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I think uh, I, I'm pretty sure that Rob had a had a leftover store credit from uh, from a fez that wasn't delivered, so he had to pick something. You know, Sal was throwing them at one of his fans, <laughs> and I just picked them up yeah. off the ground. Uh, you know, Sal still throws things at people. I I, uh, I go to a Dodger game with him a couple times a year, and uh, it's uh, every bit what you would expect it to be. It's it's a, it's as fun and as uncomfortable and as mean. <laughs> Uh, all the things that you would want it to be, that's exactly what it is. Uh, so anyway, in closing, we all really did like the movie. I know that there are people that aren't happy with it. I don't know. I mean, I think that people who aren't familiar with the older movies are really who they're targeting for this. They want us to all come too, but they do have to kind of get the younger audience. And then I guess the hope is that they'll they'll go, oh, well, I want to see what the the old movie with Khan is. And uh, I don't know, I, I feel like just movies, you know, happen a little bit faster now. They're a little bit more action-packed. And the things that they can do visually are so far and away different from what they could even do in, you know, Star Trek II. Yeah. Or even really the, the Generations movies, you know, I mean, yep. so, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, I assume you guys agree with me. I just basically answered my That's own right. qu- I asked and answered my own question. But uh, very excited, and uh, I'll just get uh, one one more quick one out of each of you guys. Uh, what else are you excited to see uh, this summer in terms of uh, the big movies? This this was kind of the last really big one for me. I mean, I'm you know I'm going to see The Hangover. The, the you know I, I I'll see Wolverine because I like the character, even though the last movie was terrible. But what uh what are you guys looking forward to? Uh, Rob, I'll ask you first. Um, obviously Superman is sure. the next huge one for me, and then I'm actually very excited about Wolverine because I'm a huge Japanophile. I like the story, and I hated the first one so much. Yeah, this one looks cool. Sam, 
demands the cartoon fight on top of a bullet train. Right. Yeah. No. Exactly. And I think that you know it's from the the stories of that first Wolverine yeah. miniseries. So I think I think it'll be great. And yeah, I was hugely disappointed by the first one. My wife disliked the first one so much she actively does not want to see this one. But that's good for <laughs> me because then I can go right after the show if if she uh, stands by that. Uh, Rafe, what are you looking forward to? Uh, Superman or anything else? Or uh, yeah, Man of Steel. I was a big fan of. I liked Watchmen. So I'm curious to see what uh, Zack Snyder does with Man of Steel. Um, Wolverine, um, I, when I was younger, I, I must have read Chris Claremont's Wolverine, and then his follow-up, I think it was Kitty Pride and Wolverine. His, uh, you know, the Japan series was just phenomenal, so I'm hoping they get somewhere close to that. would be nice. Yeah, no, no. That, uh, that's about it. Not, Star Trek was my biggie for the summer. Yeah, well, uh, because my wife's listening, obviously, I'm very much looking forward to seeing Before Midnight with her, the uh, the third. But uh, I do. I was actually talking to Agent Starling about those movies the other day because he hasn't seen them, and they're legitimately really good movies. They're just not the same level of excitement as there being a new Star Trek movie. But anyway, I do want to thank both of you, gentlemen. You you fine, distinguished nerd gentlemen for. Uh, coming here for the first ever nerd roundtable uh this session has has been convened and uh actually that's the that's what you say at the beginning so the 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 session is now over but uh, thank you guys so much for your time i do really appreciate it welcome all right thank you guys and that being said it's now time for the best minute of internet radio tebow time with david bujenski to the fans and everybody Gator Nation. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I promise you one thing. You have never seen any player in the entire country play as hard as I will play the rest of the season. You never see a team play harder than we will the rest of the season. God bless. Here's Tebow. Gonna run. Jump pass. Throw it to the end zone. And a touchdown! David Nelson caught the jump pass in the end zone! David Nelson scores! The Florida Gators have won another BCS National Championship. Their second in the last three years. Oh, and by the way, one more thing. Let's, Let's do it again. I'm coming, coming back. back. Tebow's still not on an NFL team. Um, is it, are you getting worried? No. Are you, you're not worried because you know somebody needs him to take them to the promised land. Tim Tebow will become an NFL quarterback. It just hasn't happened yet. Anyways, I do have three news stories, though, with Timmy to Tubular Tebow. Uh, big fan of his. Can you guess? Uh, I'd let you guess because you only have 25 more seconds. Damn it. The one and only Chuck Norris. What? Look what he said in a column that he wrote about Tim Tebow. Uh, Clearly, Chuck Norris, not only a badass, but one of the smartest men alive. Tim's 2011 season with the Denver Broncos was one of the most remarkable in football history. That's Chuck Norris's words. He also went on to say what sportsman could ever forget how that amazing second-year quarterback came back from a 15-0 disadvantage to the Miami Dolphins to lead the Broncos to an 18-15 overtime victory it was and he took the Broncos to playoffs it was the Broncos first playoff victory in six years he said he believes that Tebow could be a superstar and a legend in the NFL Chuck Norris you are a brilliant brilliant man and that has been the best uh, minute of internet radio Tebow time with David Bujenski I like when I tell you that you only have a minute because you run out of time you get so nervous I have so many more good stories well you're gonna have to save them for next time and next time is exactly when we'll see all of you right back here on the Blackcast. Thank you.